so it's nearly here. So we should better hear it soon. Here it comes. It's gonna drop to about there. It's like directly up. <laughs> a yellow and white drone with a wingspan of one metre carefully lowers a package via a piece of string onto a patch of nature strip next to Ben Roberts' house in North Canberra. Yeah. Would you say that's about 20 foot in the air, thereabouts? Three heights. Yeah. And then you'll notice it zooms off, like, quite fast. It's been about 10 minutes since he placed an order on the wing delivery app. So it's cardboard? Yeah, so I would have put it on something like that. The package looks like an oversized Happy Meal, a sturdy cardboard box with a yellow handle. Yeah, and I mean, like, I, I definitely understand that there are some people who don't like it, but uh, I just think that it's inevitable, really. You know, as we move towards more flexible modes of living and, um, you know, different technologies, it's, it's inevitable that this kind of thing is going to crop up. So I think it's pretty cool that it's being tested here, you know. Ben uses the service a few times a week when he works from home. He says once it takes off from the hub, 5Ks away, it gets to him in just three minutes, delivering him a hot coffee. Although he does order an extra hot, just in case. So it's in this little kind of triangular-shaped container, and it's got uh, like a kind of cardboard insert into it that holds the coffee in place. It has a little plug that sits in the top of the coffee that prevents it from spilling. And they usually have a counterweight of some sort. So if you, if you only order one coffee then they'll, they'll chuck in a free water. It's like a little recycled, recycled container of water that kind of balances it. If you have two coffees, they don't need to do that. But it's all like packed in there quite well. So like I've never had it spill, like ever. How does it compare then to, you know, a coffee when you buy it at the shop? Oh, it's just the same. Like there's no difference. Uh, and it's pretty good quality. So it's from Kickstart Espresso, Espresso I should say. Um, it's good. Yeah, I mean, I'm like a coffee snob and I think it's good, so. I'm Laura Corrigan, and for this episode of Voice of Real Australia, I ask why Canberra, a leafy and largely suburban city of 400,000 people, was picked by a multinational tech giant as a testing ground for its drone delivery service. Wing Delivery, a subsidiary of Google Alphabet, has been trialling drones in and around Canberra since 2017. And three years ago, it set up a permanent base in the city's north. The drones now deliver to seven suburbs here. The service recently partnered with Coles, but most merchants it works with are local restaurants and cafes. But there's been a pushback to this new technology, in particular when it comes to the noise. This is what we call our nest. You'll see there that there's a lot of pads and fiducials that look like QR codes. That's to help guide the drones to land onto their charge pads. And you'll see here in front of us, we've got a, a drone which is sitting on a charge pad. So that's now charging and waiting for an order to come in. Wing General Manager Simon Rossi shows me around the North Canberra Nest. That's what they call the drone delivery base. It's located in an old sand and gravel yard in an industrial area of Mitchell, North Canberra. In front of us now, you can hear the, the drone has just uh, taken an order. It's now flying, uh, raising to an altitude of about 60 or 70 metres. And once it gets to that altitude, it will fly off in the direction of the delivery zone, somebody's house or a business. Flies at about 110 kilometres an hour to the delivery zone. And what will happen 
Uh, once it gets to the location, the, the drone will lower to about seven metres off the ground and then it will uh, lower a tether with the parcel and we'll place the parcel on the ground. The tether will go back up and the drone will fly back to our base here, land and then uh, recharge for the next mission. Inside the warehouse is a row of food trucks and pop-up shops, the different merchants who deliver Whip Wing. I can see Ben's favourite coffee shop, Kickstart Espresso. There's also a corner dedicated to Coles products, shelves and fridges packed with the essentials. The drones can carry about one and a half kilos. Coffee is the most popular order at the moment. We're really focused on the smaller items at the moment. Certainly drones aren't going to be solving for your weekly shop, but more things that you want now and you want it quickly. Interesting, I was chatting to Coles just an hour ago and the number one item that's been sold through the Coles partnership over the last couple of months has been milk, a litre of milk. Number seven, the seventh most sold item on Coles was eggs, which I think is a really interesting example that eggs are very fragile, but people trust the system enough to put eggs in and they can be delivered safely. So, um, yeah, we get a really good cross-section. I mean, across all of our partners, coffee is, is really popular in the mornings, flat whites in particular. People like to have their coffee delivered quickly and, and the drones, they can deliver you know, items as quick or, or quicker than probably any other mechanism. And so hot items like coffee suit this type of delivery really well. Workers are collecting groceries or lunch orders and packing them into the signature wing box, then taking them out to the landing pads. They clip the package to the drone's tether, it reels it in and flies off. It's not remote controlled, it guides itself. We do have a pilot team that we walked past before, the the flight control centre, that are observing the the drones and the missions as well as third-party things like weather and other aircraft but for all intents and purposes the the drone flies itself it maps its journey and yeah no intervention from pickup to delivery and then return the drones don't fly in bad weather and they can only make deliveries between 7 a.m and 8 p.m monday to saturday and start a bit later on a sunday and public holiday at 8 a.m nationally there's one nest in canberra and six that service the outskirts of brisbane Internationally, Wing delivers in Helsinki, Finland, and two locations in the United States. Simon says they saw 600% growth in Australia last year. Yeah, I mean, I think the take-up nationally has been really strong, and I think the numbers speak for themselves. And I'll go back to 2021. That's sort of the year we talk about that drone delivery really took off here in Australia. We completed 100,000 deliveries in Australia alone, and then this year up until the first quarter of 2022, we're at 50,000 deliveries. So I think the numbers speak for themselves in terms of the value consumers are finding with this service. I ask Ben what he uses Wing for. It's usually coffee, like most of the time it's coffee, but occasionally grocery orders. So like a few weeks ago, I had a a virus and I was sick. It wasn't COVID, it was something else. And uh, I couldn't really leave the house. Couldn't go that far away from from home comforts, and so I ordered some Gatorade and stuff like that to get delivered, and some Panadol, and you know, just the kinds of things that I would have been going down to the shop to get, but I was just in no state to get. So usually things are like, like that, but I would say nine times out of ten, it's coffee. He says there's been a big uptake of the service in his area. It's really popular around here. You see it all day, people getting deliveries all around the Grand Garland area. I mean, it's just convenient, really. It's all it is, isn't it? It's just convenient. I also think that there's probably. I would speculate that, you know, if you're disabled or, you know, had some other reason why you find it difficult to go to a cafe, well, that would be a godsend, wouldn't it? You know, having something easy like that. 
But not everyone is as enthused as Ben. I am initially from the country. I love the country lifestyle in Canberra and I live next to a reserve. And that was a very deliberate decision. So to have drones flying over my house is really upsetting. This is Rebecca Marks. She lives in Palmerston, North Canberra, one of the suburbs serviced by wing delivery drones. I did kind of toy with the idea of moving, but then I think they'll probably... If I did, they might move elsewhere, so I'm just going to hang on to my house for now. I think if I was someone looking to buy, I would not want to buy in an area that had drones. So everyone could, should be concerned about that because it could affect our property values and our ability to sell our houses if we need to because of reasons that we have no control over. We've had no control over this at all. So it definitely makes your property less appealing, I think, if you've got drones whizzing overhead. Rebecca says the drones are noisy and a nuisance. She's written to all the local lawmakers and made complaints to Wing. In January, she kept a log of the flights, counting 110 drones during work hours. She says the traffic peaked during lockdown last year and that as people returned to the office, there were fewer drones, but still enough deliveries to disrupt her day. So we can hear the drones inside our houses when the windows are closed and when even when we have the TV on or if we're playing music, um, we can hear the drones. That's how loud they are and that's how intrusive they are. And one example is of how it affects you is that when I got my booster shot for COVID, um, I felt pretty sick. So I went back to bed and at 8, 10 in the morning, I had drones whizzing overhead and I couldn't get back to sleep because of the noise. So you feel like you can't escape them. You know, if you can hear them in your house like that, obviously it's much louder outside in the garden. I used to walk in the reserve in the mornings before I started work, and um, I could hear so many drones and see so many drones going by me that I just stopped going because what's the point of walking out in nature if you can't even enjoy the peace and quiet? Is there anything Wing could do to turn you into a customer? No, (laughs) no, definitely not. Yeah, I would love to see them leave and never come back. So, um, yeah, absolutely not. No. Rebecca, like other residents I spoke to, has concerns about safety, privacy and the drone's impact on wildlife. But noise seems to be the main complaint. I was outside and um, sent my wife to work and the the drone came over it was something you can hear for quite a while and at the time I, I, I was um, going through a bout of vertigo and that on top of the the whirring of the drone it really cut me if, when I when I experienced noise like that it's like I've been slapped and shaken and for me I came inside to avoid that and I just couldn't get away from it. This is Michael Robleski he lives in Franklin one of the seven Canberra suburbs Wing delivers to he has autism Michael wrote to the Canberra Times about the particularly bad effect the buzzing of the drones had on him one day. I have autism and things like screaming kids and high-pitched noises like that really set me off. And I came inside and that noise just wouldn't disappear. It was really cutting into me. And so it's persisted for, for quite a while. And I thought, I've got to say something. This is, yeah, it's not, it's not fair. <laughs> not fair being, being exposed to this all the time. Um, when I'm out, I can isolate myself. I'm prepared for that. Um, I wear noise-cancelling headphones when I'm out and I, f- I feel that's a good way that I can, can manage that. And I know people do it their own way, but when you're at home, it's a different, so- a different story. But Michael isn't completely against the delivery drones. 
I would like to say I, I do support this. I think it's a fantastic service. I don't want to see anybody's business affected by that. I just like to see them use these tools in a way that doesn't impact the wider community for the sake of just convenience. I think it's a, it's great and I wish them all the best, but just be considerate of the people that you impact. Since Wing first came to Canberra, the actual drones were updated to be quieter. So the drones Rebecca and Michael are talking about are the quieter model. I asked Simon from Wing about noise complaints. Today, the volume of complaints to orders is minuscule. Very few complaints. And, you know, we, we take community feedback and complaints really seriously. And when we first started out here in Australia, we were doing some trials and we had feedback from, you know, a population around the noise. And, and we spent a lot of time to try and reduce the noise from our aircraft. And there's a couple of things that we've done in the last 12 months. One was to provide a new rotor or a new propeller, which is, reduces our sound, was number one. And then number two, we've actually got a new aircraft that's been in service for about 18 months, 12 to 18 months now, that has basically halved the sound of the drone from when we first arrived here or started delivering in Australia. So now, you know, the drones with the reduced noise, I think they're, they're quieter than a car driving down the street and certainly quieter than a truck or a motorbike that might be doing other deliveries. So we've had some feedback and we've, we've acted on it, but we do feel that it's in a pretty good place at the moment. A study by NASA found that the high-pitched drone noise is more annoying than the sound of cars, trucks or motorbikes. There also isn't much to reduce that sound as it travels through the sky. Think about a lawnmower a few houses over. It's much louder than Wings drones, but there are fences, walls, bushes, trees, all interfering with those sound waves before they get to your ears. But between Rebecca and the drones, there's only her roof. The drones actually exceed ACT residential noise restrictions, which are limited to 45 decibels during the day. That's quieter than your washing machine. But Wings drones have been granted noise approval to operate by the Civil Aviation Safety Authority, or CASA, who are the federal governing body for all aircraft. These noise approvals are granted on a case-by-case basis rather than using a loudness threshold. So even though Wings drones might hit over 45 decibels as they lower to drop their package, they're permitted to do so by Commonwealth law. The thing here in Benifan was as a trial. And as far as the residents here in Benifa are concerned, the trial failed. So if the trial failed, um, then the government absolutely disregarded that. The government said, oh, well, we don't like your result. We don't like the fact that it failed. We're going to go do it and disregard that and do it anyway. This is Nev Sheather. He runs the community group Benithan Against Drones. In 2018, in a world first, Wing ran a delivery drone trial in the South Canberra suburb. The group made multiple complaints to lawmakers, to Wing and to CASA, as well as submitting a petition with over 1,000 signatures. We ended up doing a, a door knock at one stage and a lot of, a lot of the door knockers were these older ladies that was great. They got out there and we covered a whole lot of hundreds and hundreds of houses in Benifen. And 80% of the people who were doing lots said they wanted to get rid of the drones. So the huge majority of people, I have no hesitation in saying, did not want the drones. They wanted them to go away. I am amazed by how organised Nev's group was. They ran polls, collected signatures and requested official documents under Freedom of Information. Through their research, they were able to point to ACT laws that technically would make the drone trial illegal. But as mentioned already, 
the drones aren't regulated under local law. But Benithin against drones made a lot of noise and they were heard. In 2019, following the backlash, the ACT Legislative Assembly held an inquiry into drone delivery systems in the territory. As you can imagine, Nev and his crew made multiple submissions to the inquiry. In the ACT government's response, it says the Commonwealth remains best placed to exercise exclusive legislative power over drones. But it adds that drones aren't exempt from existing ACT laws, including criminal laws, civil claims of trespass or nuisance, work health and safety obligations, and planning laws. The trial in Benithin ended earlier than planned. Nev's group considers that a win. But then Wing moved north and set up a permanent base. Nev says as far as he's concerned, the trial failed in Benithin. So Wing shouldn't be continuing its service in Canberra at all. I think if you're going to have drones dropping parcels and deliveries in an area, you should be getting permission from the people who the drones fly over, getting permission from the people in the area, uh, getting approval from the people in the area that they want this to happen. And it shouldn't be just for, you know, one out of every 30, 40, 50 people who want them to say, oh, we want it, uh, bugger everyone else, nobody else has got any rights. People residents should have rights and the majority of residents should have the right. If majority of the residents don't want them, then they shouldn't be allowed to fly. And I think that's a totally anti-democratic, anti-community attitude that, that's happening. Another major concern for people like Rebecca and Nev is the impact the drones have on local wildlife. Last year, this video emerged online of Australian ravens attacking a wing delivery drone. And if you ask Nev, he's got multiple examples of similar events involving magpies in Canberra's south. One thing we noticed, and we got a lot of comments on, we, we live in a, a suburb which is surrounded by bush. We have an artificial pond and a lot of people commented, all the birds are gone. Since the drones started flying, the only birds that hung around were hardy ones like magpies and kawangs, and all the galahs, cockatoos, everything else just disappeared. Rebecca is concerned by the fact that the drones fly over nature reserves. Because the drones are uh, based in Mitchell, the only way they can service their clients is to fly repeatedly over nature reserves. You are not allowed to fly a recreational drone in a reserve because it's a sensitive ecological area, um, it disturbs the wildlife, whether it's the kangaroos, the birds, etc. So I don't know how we've got into this situation where wing can repeatedly fly their drones over the reserves every day, throughout the day, seven days a week. It's pretty outrageous, I think. There hasn't been much research into the impact of drones on bird life. It's a reminder of how new this technology is. Wing commissioned a literature review into the drones which found the impact on birds to be not considered likely to be significant. The report says impacts are mitigated by the fact that drones fly within an urban footprint anyway. But Nev wasn't satisfied with Wing's desktop review. When you do a report about um, effects on bird life, you would think you would do a survey of bird life before the trial started. See what's here. You would do a number survey while it's going on and you do a survey after it's finished, none of that. The guy who did it never got out of his office. I don't think he even visited the knife. All he did was look at international reports on drones and wildlife, which are mainly um, ones you mentioned in the report of ones on 
environmental people doing tracking of wildlife. After the Raven attacks, Wing paused its service to that area. Ben Roberts Street in Harrison. It was Ben who filmed the Raven attack. I'm really pleased that they were concerned enough to actually close down the zone and investigate and do everything that you would want to see, you know, a responsible company do to kind of mitigate that impact on the ravens. Because, you know, I love those ravens. They're beautiful birds. They're really intelligent. And I would have hated to see them get cleaned up by a drone. And so the fact that they cared enough to put a stop to it, I think it's pretty good. Simon from Wing says they were quick to get a bird expert on staff to prevent further incidents like this. Now, every time we go to a new area, a new suburb, or we want to expand, we engage ornithologists to give us advice around the best way to be thinking about, you know, areas where we might have birds nesting, for example. So that was an instance, you know, no one was hurt, no one was, nothing was damaged. uh, And we've taken, you know, the next steps to make sure whatever we do going forward, we sort of consult the experts to make sure we're providing an environment that's great for the birds, but also provide a service. The regulation of drones is confusing because it's a new technology. There aren't specific federal laws guiding them. The Department of Infrastructure, Transport, Regional Development and Communications is in the process of creating that regulatory framework. And it's services like WINGS that will help inform that. The rules that we have at the moment don't really make sense in the context of drones being used for things like delivery. This is Jake Goldenfein, a senior lecturer at the law school at the University of Melbourne. So the rules we have at the moment are really premised on the idea that drones are driven by individuals like, you know, kind of hobbyists who are able to see their drone and are going to use them in non-populated spaces. And that's kind of the arrangement that the, the law facilitates now, kind of those, those sorts of hobbyist uses. But when you start talking about delivery, all of a sudden we're talking about drone operation in populated spaces, which has previously been prohibited. But we're also talking about unmanned flights, and those drones will be operating what's called beyond visual line of sight, or whoever's in charge of them won't necessarily be able to see where they are. So in order to facilitate industrial drone applications that are working in an automated way in populated areas, the laws do need to change, but there's been a lot that's happened already towards that process. Wing is working with CASA to create an uncrewed traffic management UTM system, to work alongside traditional aviation. The remotely piloted aircraft system's digital platform provides flight-related data and regulatory information to ensure public safety through airspace compliance. At the same time, if you want to fly a drone in Australia, you can freely download Wing's Open Sky app, which provides airspace information like when and where you can and can't fly. Australia is just one of the countries where Wing is offering its services, putting itself at the centre of the creation of a global UTM. Jake says Wing's UTM design will be hugely influential on Australian regulation. Wing certainly is there on the ground floor with respect to these developments. I mean, that they're operating is really meaningful with respect to the capacity to communicate to government what regulations need to do in order to facilitate their business model. When these kinds of laws change, you're going to have big industrial interests who are competing over what the law allows them to do in order to give their own business models competitive advantage. And in the construction of the new unmanned aerial traffic management systems that are going to be necessary to facilitate drone deliveries, there is space for uh, private 
actors, market operators to provide services as well. And there's a big economic interest in being sort of one of those infrastructure providers that gets to sort of shape the system, shape how the system works in ways that are congenial to a company's own business interests. And we can assume that that wing is operating on that level, looking to be a a big infrastructure provider for the broader drone network on which drones from all kinds of different companies doing all sorts of different things are likely to operate. A Deloitte study into the economic benefits of drones in Australia was commissioned by the Department of Infrastructure. Their modelling found the industry would create 5,500 jobs and provide a $14.5 billion increase to GDP and cost savings of more than $9 billion over the next 20 years. A report commissioned by Wing predicts by 2030 there will be 5.6 million deliveries per year by drone in the ACT. That research estimates that at scale, drone delivery could add 30 to $40 million in additional annual revenue for ACT businesses alone and a reduction of delivery costs for businesses by $12 million a year by 2030. But currently, the wing delivery service is free. Free for consumers who make orders. Your $5 coffee is $5. It's free for merchants. But that will have to change one day if the service is to be economically viable. Simon says for now, though, Wing is interested in developing its drone capacity. We are in the infancy of drone delivery, and we at this stage is about building a system that will help us scale across Australia and around the world. And so we are happy to invest in learning and happy to invest in that early growth to build the system that we are building at the moment to continue and scale. You know, in time, there probably will be some charges, but at this stage, we're, you know, we're happy to make the investment both in our partners, in our consumers, but also, you know, building the local teams here. It's clear from its UTM involvement that Wing is not just a food delivery company. Jake says there's more money in systems than coffee runs. Companies like Wing, are more economically long-sided. There's much more significant economic benefit from being the entrenched provider and running the infrastructure than there is from necessarily cashing out on individual deliveries. That's very much platform business model. And what's you know, Wing is building is a is an infrastructure platform for you know sort of last mile delivery. I ask Simon from Wing what the goal is. We think that drone delivery is the safest, can be the most affordable uh, and the most convenient type of delivery. And ultimately that provides a service to the communities that we deliver to and the partners, the merchants that we work with. So we think that this is a really good thing to be investing in and a really good thing to be working on. You know, the piece that sometimes doesn't get talked about enough is the sustainability of this type of delivery. No emissions and can reduce congestion. And if we consider that e-commerce has doubled in the last two years, you know, the deliveries that are happening on the road is in the millions here in Australia every day alone. If we can take a percentage of those cars off the road when they're delivering a small item, then that's probably a good thing from an environmental perspective and as also a life enjoyment perspective. You know, reduce congestion is a good thing for everyone. Jake is sceptical about the economic and environmental promises made by Wing. And his research has looked at the impact of drone delivery on workers. So, you know, as delivery times have shortened, as we're into, you know, Amazon promising single-day deliveries, etc., the speed that workers in warehouses have to accomplish in order to facilitate that speed of delivery is really, really hard. It's really, really extractive. 
And so we have to uh, really consider, you know, what is the cost of this level of convenience? So Wing isn't making money in Canberra at the moment, where it's invested millions of dollars. The ACT government have been big supporters of Wing from the beginning. In a statement, a spokesperson said that's because it has a commitment to adopting a smart and innovative city mindset and engaging with emerging industries, adding that a key part of Canberra's economic development strategy is to be considered a testbed for new technology and innovation. The spokesperson says Canberra was chosen as a trial site because of the reputation of CASA, which is based in Canberra, as well as Canberra's per capita income, its scattered suburbs, digital savviness and talented and experienced uncrewed aviation workforce. Simon tells me Wing has had discussions with property developers about building for drone delivery. Jake questions whether a sky full of drones is a future we want. There's potentially, you know, new issues related to the degree to which urban landscapes will need to change in order to to make drone delivery possible there. So if you run a drone delivery company, you, you might um, accrue sufficient power to, to change urban planning in order to make your drone delivery system more feasible, work a bit better. And also concerns about who's going to get to control this new kind of urban skyways, these, these, the traffic management of the space just above our head. The promise of environmental and economic payout of delivery drones is a while off at best. But this isn't just a story about flying takeout. Wing isn't in the business of delivering coffee and banh mi, it's in the business of developing drone technology and infrastructure. Whether Wing is best placed to manage our skies is a question that will keep coming up. But love drones or hate them, Canberra is the testing ground where these things will be figured out. Rebecca, once the drone's gone. A small proportion of the community benefits from them at the expense of everybody else, so at the expense of the majority. People that are not wing customers are being expected to give up peace and quiet in their household so that someone else can order a cup of coffee delivered to their house. Ben says the backlash is just another example of resistance to a new technology. Back in the day, we're talking pre-Regency period in the UK, the first person recorded to use an umbrella in the UK was roundly pilloried for this. He had abuse hurled at them in the streets, right? And as umbrellas got their take-up, the people that were the most against it were cab drivers. And I mean handsome cabs, you know, horse and carts. Because when it would rain, people would storm into the cabs uh, and so drive their business. And so I think it's just the same principle in action. Like every new technology has its critics. And, you know, and sometimes there's, there's definitely validity to that. But I don't think that the drones are going to drive anyone out of business. I think that it's a, it's like a plus. It's not like a negative. So I just think that's human nature. You know, there's people always going to criticize it. People are always going to say that it's lazy, but um, that's progress for you. Thanks for listening to what was sadly the final episode of Voice of Real Australia. We'd like to thank all our listeners for coming along for the ride. We set out to tell stories from around the country and make a space for regional and rural Aussies in the podcast realm. We're proud of the show. We told some unique and diverse stories, earned a couple of awards and had fun along the way. We'd like to thank everyone who contributed to the show, collaborated with us or supported the podcast. 
And I'd like to thank producer Laura Corrigan for being endlessly patient and good-humoured over the last couple of years. This episode of Voice of Real Australia came from Canberra, Ngunnawal and Ngambri country. It was produced by Lara Corrigan and me, your host, Tom Melville. Goodbye and thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.